Hi, this is iHeartRadio's Carol Miller from Q1043 in New York, back after a long absence. On this podcast, UK Radio, we give you a taste of real local British radio with our friends, presenters Nigel Pierce and Alan Thompson. This time, Nigel speaks with Bobby Purvis, who, along with Billy Elliott, formed the group Splinter, who were originally signed and produced by George Harrison. Nigel was instrumental in the recent release of Splinter's legacy project, Never Went Back, a treasure trove of past and previously unreleased material. Now, if that song doesn't set a time and a place, then nothing does. Cost a fine town. That's from my, um, shall we say, demo archives that uh, I've got hiding away. Bobby, Purvis, Splinter, good afternoon to you. Hello there. How you doing, Bobby? I've uh, been better, but I can't remember when. Oh, there's a, there's a song title there somewhere, I think, Bobby, but uh, leave that for another day. But thank you very much for cutting out the time to uh, talk with us there today. Um, Costa Fine Town is a song that means so much. Other people might say a hit song can be a curse, but how do you look back on it? I look back on it with affection, really. Um, it was never planned to be a single it was just a track on the album and we just decided maybe when more got our heads together that that could be a, a nice single but it could have been anything it could have been anything on the album actually it could have been one of these other ones there were stronger songs on the album but I'm not complaining it was a worldwide hit so <laughs> what do I know you know you know that you can write a good song. Um, that's the important thing. But that song, it just summed up so much about the northeast, the hard-working families and times that were had in the past, and obviously you still have up there. And uh, it's a song that's very poignant. And I just think that uh, it was a brilliant song, and it sums up so much. And uh, the fact that you remember it with affection is tantamount to, you know, real class, because as you said, that album, um, The Place That I Love, your demo album, it was a beautiful album, and I'm sure you remember the whole album with a lot more than just a little bit of affection. I think you must be very proud of it. Well, it wasn't a demo album, it was a finished album, but we did a, we did a, um, a lot of demos before we actually picked the songs, you know? Yep. And then eventually... I mean, we could have gone on, we could have done 20 songs, you know. Um, it was all down to the master. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a nice way to put it. But uh, you two had so much to give, and um, we're not here to reminisce in the past, but when you talk, Splinter, you can't get over um, the place that I love. I mean, as you know, Bobby, I've got it on vinyl. I've had it since 1970. I'm giving my age away there, but... Uh, um, it's a fabulous album. It hasn't lost none of its musical vision uh, or clarity or, shall we say, arrangements and intensity. And, and on that score, for something that is over 40 years old, that is nothing but testament to a classic album and one that this country, not just you, should be very proud of. And uh, all I can say is from our listeners here at Norwich, thank you very much for giving us that gem all those years ago. Well, it's... Um my pleasure now 39 years is a long time you've got a new album out which is at release today now um i know the album very well as you understand but the listeners don't so they're going to hear this for the very 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 first time and uh when i first heard it 
the album Knock Me Sideways, which is another southern way of saying it's absolutely fantastic, and uh, I do not mince my words. Uh, we're going to run through some of the albums, but first, 39 years is a long time. Do you feel any different that you've got something out on the market again? Or, you know, from the point of fact of this long gap, and, uh, you know, you're back, not necessarily in the full groove, you've got something out there. Hopefully you feel very proud that you've done that. Well, um, it's, a, it's an album that was never really an album. It was sort of like made of demonstration tapes. But um, we, we did them as rehearsals for... Um, for Leo Sia, we are going on a Leo Sia tour and we wanted to get it right and we wanted to do a, a good show. So we recorded these tracks and I always, always thought, hey, they're not bad, you know, they're not too shabby. And we had just one acoustic guitar double tracked and two vocals, both singing lead, both singing harmonies double tracked. And I thought, you know, this is, this could make a really good album. And when I played it to a few people, everybody said, this is what Splendor should be. And this is what we really wanted, you know. We didn't want a heavy, heavy producers. We didn't want all these top guys and Memphis horns and things like that. We wanted to, to bring out what me and Billy had as a duo. Yet everybody sort of in the business kind of poo-hooed it and said, no, you've got to have a band. You've got to do it this way. Yet, when we went on tour, it was just me and Billy. And we loved it. So I think, well, this is a good chance to let, let the public hear. There was a demo album out um, on his bootleg. And everybody raved over it. And I was quite amazed how many people loved it. And I thought, well, this is even better. So, you know... Thank you very much. Let's dance, you know. Well, we'd like to dance, and what we'd do without any further ado, I'm going to play the first track, which is uh, a very, very beautiful, bewitching number, um, and it's a very apt title. Um, and uh, I'd like to have your thoughts after the track, Bobby, but we're going to play Passing Through. Congratulations, Bobby. I think that is an absolutely brilliant track. Um, the harmonies, the melodies, and the uh, subtle, very subtle chord changes in there. Um, I don't know. Yes, it has been a long time since you've done those rehearsal tapes, but that song, it doesn't need anything else, does it? Well, I believe that's the better version of all that. We did about three versions of that song. One of them was a full band. Um... And I believe that that is the best version. It's simple. It's to the point, and the harmonies are better there. Um, I think we added the harmonies, um, when, which we didn't put on, a, on the version, the other two versions. We added those high harmonies, you know, um, which I think worked pretty well, you know. Line of day, you know, that high bit. And I think that works pretty good. 
I think it's fantastic, and I think it's a brilliant opener to the album because it signifies so much. Yes, you know, you, you've got this midst of time, 39 years, but with a track like that, you've cut through that time like a knife through butter. It's still relevant, it's still modern, it's still got vision, and you've just said it yourself. You must have had a whale of a time recording that version. It must be absolutely brilliant to be actually there playing it and doing it. And another question is, who was playing the harmonica? Oh, Bill, Billy Elliot, he's a, he, well, it's the, the, other, the other part of Splendor. Um, Billy's a good, good uh, mouth organ player, he, he really is, yeah. He loves it, and he's, um, I, start, I, I think I started him off on it, but he just got so good at it that, you know, he can, he can do a hell of a lot more than I can do on the, on the mouth organ, much more, and he does it very well. That song could come out today as a new item, new song, not a rehearsal song, or as we put it here in the roar, as you so to call it, and it would be just as hypnotic. Um, it would be just as fulfilling, and uh, on that score, we move on. Now, I'm going to play another track. Um, they're all very apt, these titles, so whenever you wrote them all those years back, um, I know you probably didn't write them with any sort of future thought in mind, but when you look back through the passage of time, I mean, this next track... I'm going to play another time, another place. Um, it's absolutely spellbinding. It's you know, it's the similar arrangement, but uh, it's just so much about then, now, missing chances, false hopes, high hopes, coincidences. It's just got so much in it that uh, I'd like you and me, Bobby, to sit back and listen to another time, another place. Okay. Reading alone in the cold night If you don't want me around, baby, don't leave me up Give me a sign of Another time, another place. I don't know about you, Bobby, but that song seems so prophetic. Um, it's a lovely structured song, and it, it reinforces, I think, my belief in the talent that you and Billy had. And I think the fans out there, the new fans, as well as the old older fans that remember, are going to be absolutely amazed and really understood um, the harmonisation and the uh, songwriting um, duo, the facets of which you two quite eloquently had a lot of talent uh great song do you uh feel the same well um <clears throat> i always liked that song um i can't remember how it was conceived now um i wrote it but um i can't really you know give you any sort of um uh, what it was about at the time it must have been about something but it just seemed to flow you know when you get an idea and you get a thing like another time, another place, or up in the air, down on the ground, you know, something yep. like that. You know, you kind of, you, you, you seem to just, the song manifests itself. Yep. And then what you do is you use a bit of an imagination. And you, you take a subject and you write that subject down, and then you kind of embellish it. And before you know where you are, if you've got the tune, the tune generally flows with me as I'm writing the words they come together and then if there's a chorus there as well i'll grab the chorus it's something you can't explain if you're a songwriter you know what i'm talking about it's kind of one of them things that you just do you know 
Well, you've done a great job on it. I mean, it's hard to think that, uh, as you say, there's so many, not lost meanings, but so many chances. Another chance blowing in the wind, give, you know, and all this kind of thing, make it another time, another place. It's not a loser's song, don't get me wrong, it isn't that, but it, there is so much in two and a half, three minutes there of things that can resonate with just about anybody. Um, like irony, irony, and it's, it's sort of an ironic yeah. song. And it resonates. So you think, maybe what would happen if if it did, and it hasn't, but it could have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you've just about summed that one up, Bobby. You know, and uh, we've got a, we've got a laugh and a chuckle. So uh, you know, it must be you must be enjoying not looking back now because this is a modern album. I know the tracks were done some time ago, but the fact is we've cut through the thirty nine years, and it's a modern album. It's got a twenty twenty release date on it, and uh, if I could have written songs. Uh, like that i'd have been very very proud i've had a couple of stabs at writing some words and i've sort of scribbled a bits of paper up and chucked them away nobody wants to buy them for a hundred thousand pounds they don't even want to buy them for a penny but uh, <laughs> if it was yours my friend yeah they would no fabulous now the next track i want to do something a little different because i know this track appeared in other forms in the 90s for various uh, charities and things or a charity and uh, i'm going to play sail away um as the next track but before we play it bobby what's your thoughts on this track because the reason i ask for every track is they're only yours and billy's but the point is this track i prefer this version than the one that was ultimately released because i think it scans the sea it just scans everything and i know that you did have some situation where it could have been released or was released by somebody else but the song itself that's what i want to look at how do you feel about sail away well sail away it was it was one of those i got a, i got a memo and it said that we were going to japan and needed a song um, an extra song for this album that we we're going to do in Japan with Nippon, Nippon Columbia, I think it was. And I wrote the song, I think it must have took all of 30 minutes. And I sat in the kitchen with my guitar and I, and I composed it in 30 minutes. And it was, it was pretty basic. You know, and I, then I could hear what was going to go on it on the finished product. So we did about four versions of this. There's one magnificent version with uh, Billy singing it solo, and uh, I'm just sort of playing the guitar and joining in on it, but there's one a magnificent version of that, but when I heard this version, I was really delighted. I thought, oh, this is good. It's a little bit more exciting, even though the version that Billy did was amazing, you know? We've had about three versions of this song done by other people, and I think this is probably one of the two favourite ones, you know? Well, I'm glad you feel that way, because when I first heard it, I immediately put myself on a boat, on a calm sea, lazing in the sun, being the, being the sun-loving person that I am, and, uh, you know, I could just picture it on a, on a tropical island somewhere, you know, south of Spain, in the Mediterranean, or... That's you... what I did, yeah. And I, I've never said this to you before, you know, so what I'd like to do bobby is to ask you to introduce sail away for us please <clears throat> right now yes please you've got okay. you, you've given your cough you've given your um so please introduce it for us okay all right listeners <laughs> that's it bobby you got it correct this is, this is sail away and it's uh, a version of a song which we did for a japanese album 
and uh, I think it's pretty good. It's not as complicated as the album with all the, the stuff on it, but, you know, I hope you like it. I'm, sure they, I'm sure they will. Pull up anchors and let's sail away. Summer breezes gently I have to tell you, Bobby, there is the, the temptation to listen to the seagulls chirping in the air as that song fades away is very, very hard to resist, but uh, absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Uh, it is, it's simplicity is the key, is it not? I think so. Uh, I've always, I'm not clever. I'm not a clever man. I'm a simple man. I am a simple man. And I write simple songs and uh, basically... It's as good as it gets, I guess. That's absolutely beautiful. As I say, there is no comparison with other versions because when somebody covers your song, they put their own take on it. And you've been fortunate enough with uh, Billy to do three or four versions of it. But it's very nice when you sort of say, I like that version or I like this, because, you know, when you're putting together an album such as this and you are basically living on the pair of you's talent because as you say there is no band there is no uh, keyboards there's no lead guitar or horns or drums or whatever um it's just you two i i find it enthralling but so uplifting that uh, uh an album that has this much scope can only come as it does from two very genuinely talented people and it's such a shame that you haven't been here but you're here now so we're being positive not negative but um can i just say first of all and uh, i'm getting one or two vibes as we do congratulations on putting this album out i think it's long overdue and i think that uh, you ha now are now hearing splinter as, as you've said earlier in this lovely interview as you should have been heard possibly a long time ago would you agree yes we always we always wanted an acoustic album and unbeknowing to us we had an acoustic album and uh, we kind of uh, when we separated and, and we didn't sort of see each other for about 15 years this album's been lying there and it's it's such a it's, it's such a nice relief classy relief yes. to get it out and to let the, the diehard fans, we've got a few, they are the ones that matter, they are the ones that have followed me, and they are the ones that have kept, kept you know, close, close in with me, and I, and, and I think it's wonderful, you know. Well, we think it's wonderful as well. I mean, you know, I'm I'm a Beatles fan, as you know, and everybody here at the station and all the listeners know my affiliation with the Beatles, and I think they've, they've given me... Uh, an insight into a full, rich, deep, meaningful sound. Um, I love the Stones, I, I love rock and roll, I, I love many, many genres of music, but um, when I put the Beatles on, um, whether it's with the Beatles or Abbey Road, um, there is such a fulfilment of sound, and I know they've got layers of instruments and you had the work of George Martin, but you two on this album haven't. It's your talent, it's just a guitar as you said double tracked harmonica your vocals and that's it um and it's you... an accidental album really yeah yeah it's it... an accidental album because we never planned it as an album but it was so damn good these rehearsals tape which we took with one the was here to her um we just it just you know was uh, when we rediscovered it 
I wanted it. I wanted to get it out, and we tried. And people, some people were reticent to put it out, but you know, we knew it was our album. We knew that it was the sound that we would like. Well, the, the pundas, I'll call them pundas, the fans <laughs> to hear, because basically the the acoustic album which we did with Dark Horse um, went down so well, and it wasn't a patch on this one, you know. Well, it's nice of you to say that. As I say, I've heard little bits of the uh, Dark Horse album, but uh, um, I've never had a copy. I've never even seen it. I mean, I've seen photographs of it, and uh, I've never even seen it. But the the point is, this is a different Splinter album. It's a different generation. It's a different century. But this is different. This is Splinter, as I've heard on some of the live tracks. And, um, you know, you, we haven't got uh, an audience here because, you know, um, we, we ha we're not. We're in the studio. But, you know, I've got to say it. The talent um, and the camaraderie, the chemistry that you two could fuse together is a very, very rare talent, and it really shows itself to uh, the full extreme on this album, like I'm going to play the next track. Because after this track, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to talk a little bit about a bit of film that I saw the other day called Geordie Scene. Now, you have to understand, I'm a southerner, Never looked at uh, Newcastle television, um, but I managed to catch a quarter of an hour of this film, and I'd like to talk just a little bit about that because it's your home uh, territory. Is that would that be okay? That's yeah, all right with me. Yes, right. Right. Well, play this track first, which I love because again it resonates. Because I do want to play. I'm fixing to stay. Can I just say, Bobby, before we go any further, that these tracks, every time they come to the fade-out, I don't want them to fade. <laughs> they resonate in your head. They are beautifully crafted. They're so easy to assimilate and pick up. And the songs are in my head now. Um, the tune, the harmony, the melody... You know, um, it's just knocked me sideways. You did it in one afternoon, you know. <laughs> oh, God. You know, it is fantastic. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about the recording in a minute. But uh, as I say, I want to go back a little bit because, you know, we're not dwelling in the past here. Um, we're being very much now. But please explain to us, not ignorant, but unlucky people, um, Geordie C. Now, um, I, if I know my memory is right, it could have been Tyne T's television. I'm not going to say that it was, but it, it seems to be that that would be a company that was up there at the time. Um, really, what was it about? Well, the Geordie scene was the forerunner of the Tube and had a big show called The Tube, which was really good. Um, I think mean, Billy had split up by the time The Tube had come to fruition. Um, but The Tube was uh, the, the biggest Geordie show ever. But the Geordie scene was on a Sunday afternoon, I believe. And we did two of them. We did one in 1975 and one in 1976. And we did a full album, a full half an hour on the second one, and we did a, um, a quarter of an hour on the first one. Um, and it was it was lovely to do, you know. It was, uh, it was a great show. We had a, um, a great audience. Um, it was a, I love the I love the latter. I love the 1976 one 
personally because we did some live, just me and Billy sitting with a guitar, and we did a song called 60 Miles Too Far, um, which was really good acoustically, and a song which would never recorded, White Shoe Weather, which we managed to air. But anyway, getting back to the, to the first one, um, as, I re- as I recall, we had a great time doing it, and um, it was a, a very, very, very popular show. We did a lot of time tease television uh, from 1972 to 1974, various songs, and um, we had a quite a nice little following, you know, as a regular sort of stint. Yeah. So um, the Geordie scene kind of was a very nice show to do. But it was strictly for your area, wasn't it? It didn't go further. I think it went as far as the Leeds, you know. Yeah. I think just about before Leeds, I think, and um, went to the borders of Scotland. But it, um, but it didn't reach the southern softies then? No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been the unlucky people because, as I say, I called a quarter of an hour the other day. I happened to find it around, lomping around on uh, YouTube. And uh, I would have loved to have played um, some of it this evening. Um, or maybe we can do it for another show. But I know there are copyright issues and everything else that you've got to take care They're of. They're all on YouTube, apparently. Apparently, you can just put in anything you want and you can get the whole show on YouTube. Whether or not it's... <laughs> It's kosher or not, I don't know, but I have nothing to do with that side of it, you know. Oh, no, no, we couldn't do that here because of copyright. Um, what, you, what you can share, you can share a file to another listener, another viewer, but for us to play that here, we could end up with one or two problems, and it's a shame, because the quarter of an hour I saw, and I've never seen it before, I just saw absolutely fantastic, and uh, there was you two there with... Uh, a backing band uh, on the guitar, keyboards and drums, etc. But there's you in your denim dungarees there, you working jack, and there's <laughs> and, there, and there's Billy in a lovely white dinner jacket with a pair of jeans. I thought, yeah, you know, if that ain't casual, man, and right on, I don't know what was, but lovely, lovely film, and you looked as if you were really, really enjoying yourself. So that's why I had to ask. I mean, because you know, you don't very often get a chance like that. And um, I looked at it and I thought, wow, first of all, that's absolutely spot on clear. So whether that's the original film somebody's worked on it, I don't know. As you say, you've got nothing oh, to no, do with it. Oh, no, it was a good show. It was pretty good. When I saw, I've seen it a couple of times. People send me it, thinking I haven't seen it, and I think, oh, well, that's nice. At least I've, I've got a copy now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was uh, a long, long time ago, and very apt, because that's far way down the line. And as I'm sure, Bobby, you're going to understand, I'm going to play another track, a fine track from this uh, album, Never Went Back. And again... Um, I'll ask you to say a few words after it because technique-wise, technical-wise, even though you've only got the two of you, I think this is one of the cleverest songs on the album uh, and it is, of course, called Too Far Down The Line. If I'm here or out there. 25 karat gold there, Bobby. I mean, that song is so different. You start off, first of all, in a completely different key. Yeah. You start with a very, very perceptive and solid rhythm. Yep. You then... It's a, it's a, it's a good meter. The song's got a good meter. Um, it's a little bit different to the 4-4 four, four sort of thing, you know? Um, and it's a great song for Billy to sing lead on. Um, I could not have sung lead on that song like that. Um, I'm doing all the harmonies, but 
he really cuts through there with the UL there. That's that's I call it a Billy song, you know. Well, I can understand why, but um, I'm glad you agree with what I've said. I mean, I'm listening to this album here, and not only am I knocked back by it, it's, as I said to you when we started, and uh, it's the technical expertise that comes shining through, and your chord and chorus shifts from the low keys to the higher keys, and then as if it's like a superimposed... It modulates at the end, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, like somebody superimposing a vocal at the end, but you obviously did it live or recorded it as one. But, I mean, that song is a very, very intensive acoustic song, and uh, technically-wise, I would think that's probably the shining jewel of the album because of the tempo, because of the chords, and because of the way it shifts from low to high. But mm. uh, you obviously feel very happy that that is a truly accomplished song. Well, it's just, uh, it's, it's one of them songs which, you know, we, we, when we, I know I do a lot of the writing, perhaps, but I kind of, with having Billy on board, you see, I kind of steer them in his direction for a song like that. I wouldn't very well, I wouldn't put it across very well. But I can do all the harmonies, but, but to actually sing it, it's, it's a really um, hard song for me to sing that. So I'm glad I've got him there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, just coming back to what you said, now we've got a, we haven't got too long to go because we're going to be running out of time in about seven or eight minutes. But I mean, what was it like to record this album? You know, you did mention and harp on it. Did you find some big studio to do it? Did you do it in somebody's kitchen? Or did you, you know, um, what a little bit about it, if you wouldn't mind telling the listeners, because to say this is the first album of yours for 39 years. Oops, sorry if I've made us all feel a bit old, but uh, we are and that's it. But it's the expertise, the finish, the production. Everything is there. And it's a shame that we haven't heard of you for 39 years. So come on, tell us, tell us a little bit. Was it a one afternoon, two days, two it was weeks? One afternoon. One afternoon, and with where we're working, we were working on another album. Is that something there in the background? I can hear some noise. What's you, that? You can, you can indeed, but uh, hang on, hold on, don't worry about it sounds that. Sounds like an ice cream man. Well, it was, but there you go, not to worry. Um, we've had a, a simple situation that uh, comes from the point of fact of, uh, we were saying it one afternoon, go on, carry on. One afternoon, um, we were working on other songs and we, we said, okay, we're going we're gonna to do these songs so that we know them well, you know, so that we can, and then when we did them, we decided to double track them and, you know, make a bit of a job of it. But it, it took it just like the Beatles went in and did the first Beatle album, you know, very quickly. We sort of did that not thinking it was going to be an album. And I, I think we were both so relaxed that it worked out so well. And it was never, like I say, it was never meant to be released you know we just used that as a sort of a guide but they were so damn good at the end of it i thought well i know it sounds awful that means saying that's so damn good and that but but the were they were pretty bloody good i'm uh, sorry about that don't worry and, about um, it and you know it was a shame that that's been sitting in my attic for 40 years you know well, don't be ashamed any longer, because I think it's a marvellous track, and a uh, marvellous album, by the way, and I'm going to come to another marvellous track. Now, I'm going to come to this track. Um, this may be our last one. We might be able to squeeze one more in, but I couldn't go without playing this, because I know the listeners are going to love it. Um, when I heard it, I thought there's so much emotion here, so much tenderness, 
what are you talking about? Leaving a country, leaving a, a loved one, leaving a town. Um, there is so much that is going on in a song that is of consequence. Um, and it's got a very, very nice um, place in the album because it's one before the end. Um, and it's just really so apt that uh, I'd like to sort of play and uh, listen with you on the song called A Plane Leaving Tokyo and then we can talk about it afterwards so uh, here we go understand what i mean i'm sure you do that is so sad so poignant and yet so tender and it's not sugary either it's so full of emotion it's racked with it it's a beautiful beautiful song um must be some very good memories of that one bobby um i, I think i wrote it in the back of a plane um i think it only took about 10 minutes to get the thing down um i can't i can't i can't really remember Exactly, I think I was. I think we were leaving, leaving Tokyo when I did it, and there was one of those songs that I think I just had a couple of verses, and then the rest just fitted in. And um, I had the tune in my head, and I had to get home to find, um, to, well, get to land to get a guitar to actually put a tune to it. But I had the tune like you know in my mind, so it didn't really take that long to write. But it wasn't. Uh, there wasn't any sort of relevant information I could give you about it. It was just a sort of a, uh, you know, you get an idea and then follow it through and, uh, and then use your imagination. Well, it's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> it reminds me very much of, may I say it, that song way, way in the back, Which Way Will I Get Home? It is it is linked. It is inextricably linked. And um, I look at it now. We've done 54 minutes I've uh, got a couple of minutes to go, so we'll finish chatting. But uh, can I just say, Bobby, from all the listeners here, first of all, in East Anglia, Norwich, and the surrounding area, thank you for, at last, giving us all a wonderful album. Um, it's been too long coming, um, and there is no criticism intended, and none is meant, but uh, it has been too long in coming. Um, but I'm very, very pleased, and I'm sure you must be very proud to have it out now. Well, I'm glad it's out. It's a nice acoustic album, if you want it some easy listening. Um, and thank you very much for your lovely comments. I'm very... Um, I'm, I'm, it's, it's great to hear that, you know. It makes you feel good, you know. Well, this is obviously, again... Uh I've got about a minute and a half to go. Your first radio interview for a very long time in such a... A, f a frame I don't of interview very well because I've got a Geordie accent and I'm, and I'm not very good. Billy's better at this than I am. <laughs> no, no, no. You're far too modest. It's a simple man coming through. I hope that you've enjoyed yourself, Bobby. Yes, it's lovely. It's always nice to talk. You know, it's nice to talk to someone who is interested. Because I don't throw myself into anything that... I don't even discuss things like this unless people are interested. And if you are, well, run out and buy the album. <laughs> well, they will. Now, there is a website, of course, which is www.splinterlegacy.com, uh, where all the information can be uh, got. Now, I'm going to ask you for one final comment. Um, again, you've come back with a legacy, and yet you've released what many people will see as new stuff. 
Um, I think that's a very, very bold move. It's the right move because you're pitching in to catch new fans. How do you um, um Billy feel about it? Um, well, I know I feel quite good about it. I'm, I'm just glad to get it out. Uh, I suppose Billy's got his own take on it. I'm sure Billy is happy to have it out as well, you know. Um, it's been so long, you know, and Billy lives in Portugal and I live in the north of England, so we're kind of, you know, we keep in communication with each other by telephone, but but we we haven't sort of hung out together for a long time, you know. Well, I do. I do. I do. Well, I'm going to take it there as a wrap, Bobby. Thank you very much indeed for giving us an hour of your time. Enjoy the rest of the evening and uh, enjoy what hopefully is going to come. That was Nigel Pierce speaking with Bobby Purvis of the group Splinter about the release of their legacy album Never Went Back. You can hear Nigel along with fellow presenter Alan Thompson on Future Radio, Norwich 107.8 FM, Swindon 105.5 and Radio Stockton FM. This is Carol Miller from Radio Station Q1043 in New York, back with you next time on UK Radio.